Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You're here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and we have a guest today that I know from competing with, and I think Rebecca, you probably just know by reputation, but we have Sloan Reed here. And I'm so excited. I know I am too, Sloan. As soon as I saw that you were hosting your own podcast, Rebecca and I messaged each other. We're like, we have got to have her on now. Oh my gosh. We've been talking. We've been talking about having you on forever. And then once you started the pod, we were like, we've got to get her on because we want to hear about your podcast. We want to talk to you, just all the things. So if you would, Sloan, just tell the Pageant Buzz listeners a little bit about you. I know Kristen and I know a lot about you, but tell everybody else a little about Sloan Reed. Oh my goodness. Y'all are so sweet. And I am obsessed with both of y'all and I have loved y'all's podcast, just how raw and vulnerable and welcoming it is. I feel like I'm sitting there chatting with y'all at rehearsals, which is always a fun experience. Um, But yes, I am Sloan Reed. I am the founder of the Glow Movement and my registered nonprofit, the Glow Together Foundation. Um, And yes, I have a background. I'm a certified Enneagram coach and personal development coach. That's my passion. That's probably why I love pageantry so much, because I always tease that it's personal development in a pressure cooker. And I have not found another industry or experience that is quite like pageantry that allows you to grow so quickly and identify some areas for growth so quickly. And so it has been just a perfect partnership for me, not only as a contestant and my own personal development journey, but also getting to help my clients kind of in and out of pageantry really learn to embrace their true worth and own their glow. So on your podcast, what do you usually, what are the topics you usually get into? Do you talk a lot about pageantry or is it more the Enneagram? Just let people know kind of what you like to have on your podcast. Yeah. So it is the Glow Movement podcast, and I focus a lot on self-awareness and personal development. Um, I hint at pageantry because that's definitely a part of who I am, but not the focus. Um, I I think most recent episodes, I did an Enneagram episode, which was much requested, um, but I've also just talking about different strategies and exercises and tools that I've learned throughout my own growth and my own triggers and being able to work with them to be the best person I want to be and the ultimate goal of achieving just the peace and unshakable confidence. And so I think most recent episodes have been empathy and boundaries um, are big for me because I'm a big people pleaser, um, not accommodating bad behavior, because I think that also relates to pageantry. We have a tendency to be the hostess with the mostess and always be on. And sometimes that's great. And sometimes it's very detrimental to our own mental health and standing firm in our boundaries and just being able to have that confidence to know who you are, like who you are, but trust who you are, but most importantly, love who you are. uh, So you can enforce that and set that standard for the rest of the world. Yeah. So with Oh my gosh, I want Sloan to be my Enneagram coach. (laughs) (laughs) We need, let's just um, hire her as the official Be Fearless 
consulting Enneagram coach. I think that's a great idea. We'll talk to you after the podcast about that. Done. I love it. (laughs) Let me ask you just from my own perspective, I'm a proud Enneagram three, very, um, very much own it. I know my flaws. I know my strengths, but I think as a three pageants come very naturally to me because I'm so competitive. I want to be the best at everything I do. Do you see that being a common thing in pageant contestants that like one type, it gravitates more towards competing or not? Uh, I would say not. I do think that there is, well, what's beautiful about pageantry is there's a system for everyone. And I think you guys um, both agree on that is every system focuses on different areas. And I feel like every type can definitely benefit from pageantry and the growth experience. Now, do I see my usual external types really drawn to pageantry? Of course, we have our fierce eights really love um, pageantry. We, of course, have our the the girl with the plan and make sure she has 18 backup plans is definitely our ones are definitely going to have a draw to pageantry. The servant hearts are going to be drawn to pageantry pageantry, the achievers, uh, the creatives, it, it's the um, the fun, the people just want to have fun and meet a lot of great people. I mean, there's definitely a place for all of that in pageantry. And I think that's so beautiful. I do think each motivation varies between types and you have to coach each one of them very, very differently. I think some mm-hmm. are going to, it's about getting to their why and what their heart is for it and make sure that you're empowering that. And one of my favorite pieces of advice for pageant girls is it's about making the crown fit you not you fitting the crown and that is so important and that's why I love using the Enneagram when it comes to pageantry it's it's about it's another self-awareness tool to help you get to know yourself so you know how you want that crown to fit opposed to trying to fit someone else's crown to you do you know that I make my clients take the Enneagram test I love you for that for so many reasons (laughs) But so, the, so can you do sorry really quick no. because we're we're getting into like all of the numbers is there like just a real brief rundown that you can do for people that are listening who aren't maybe familiar with it of like the one through nine what they are and kind of just what the enneagram is Absolutely. And I'm so glad you asked as I do get number excited. So we basically the enneagram is a self-awareness tool. Enneagram is nine Enneagram diagram. Um, that's where it's broken down. And that's why that beautiful symbol, if you've ever seen an Enneagram, the Lotus symbol um, is so important. Um, it serves as a roadmap for you on your Enneagram self-awareness journey. Um, it's broken up into three triads and those triads are so important because within each triad, each of those types that fall in there share an irritant and that irritant and being aware of that irritant can open you up to so much self-awareness and keep you aware of your triggers and how to avoid them and how to love yourself through them. So at the top of the Enneagram, we have our fierce eights, our compassionate nines and our diligent ones at the top. And they are all in the action or the gut triad and they share an irritant of anger. And I say that with a big asterisk to not say that the other types don't get angry. It is just not the primary irritant in which they're trying to manage. 
we, and they do that very differently. So our eights kind of own their anger. They call it passion, right? It's very fierce and it's, and at a high integration, it's very, very service oriented and they're our justice warriors and they're definitely going to fight for the underdog. And I always joke that you're going to walk away from a conversation with an eight and you're like, wow, that was intense. And the eight walks away from it and be like, that was fun. Like, I really enjoyed that. They got me excited. They got me worked up. Um, our ones, on the other hand, view anger as a negative and their ultimate motivation is to do the right thing. And from their perspective, anger is bad. So they overcompensate for being bad by always being good. And so how they manage their irritant is by overcompensating by having a very, very high moral fiber and a almost obsession with doing the right thing. Our nines, on the other hand, completely suppress their anger. There are peacemakers. They um, don't like to rock the boat. They, If you know a nine, you can probably count on one hand the amount of time that they ever got angry. But when it did, it was intense because it finally, it finally blew up. Um, but they just really, really strive for peace. And so how each one of them manage that irritant is by their pendulum or their motivation. And so our eight's core motivation is to be seen as strong and they're trying not to be weak. Our nines are trying to maintain the peace and trying to avoid chaos and our ones are trying to do the right thing and never the bad. When we pivot into our heart triad, which is our twos, threes, and fours, these three really, really value how they're seen. And so our two, and they share an irritant of shame, but I always like to adjust that to worth. So they are constantly trying to justify their worth. So our beautiful twos, they want to justify their worth by being needed and being your ideal person. That's why they get the reputation of the helper is because that is how they prove they are worthy of love is by being needed. Our threes prove their worth and justify their worth by being the best. And I always like to clarify, it's not better than you. It's just the best version of themselves. So they are constantly trying to one up themselves by being better and better and better. Our fours are trying to justify their worth by having a unique perspective. So it, the worst thing you can ever say to a beautiful four is, oh, you remind me of, because that's like gut-wrenching for them because how they justify their worth is by being unique and being special and being something you've never seen and just having a completely different worldview. And so to compare them to someone can be very, very heart-wrenching. Um, and each of their motivations, our twos, of course, want to be seen as selfless and try trying not to be selfish. Our threes are trying to be seen as the best and not a failure. Our fours are trying to be seen as unique and special and not trying to be seen as quote unquote ordinary or normal. As we move into our head triad, they all, which is our five, six, and seven, they all share an irritant of fear or doubt. And fear and doubt looks very, very different for each of them. So our five fears incompetence. So our five is always seeking knowledge to just to overcompensate for feeling incompetent. Um, their biggest fear is feeling stupid or being seen as stupid. Our sixes, on the other hand, are seeking support. They're known as the loyalists, loyalists, which I always think is a funny comparison because why they are loyal, they are constantly testing and questioning. And so because they often seek support, they're often questioning and testing to see, okay, who's really with me and who's not. And so it's this constant questioning of what's real. Um, and so they are, by seeking support, they're trying to see who's with me, who's not. And then our sevens fear feeling trapped, especially trapped in a negative 
emotion. So they are constant. They're known as the escape artists or the visionaries um, because they very much live in the future. They like to plan. They like to have, but they they don't like to be trapped in a plan. That's a very very important and distinction. Um, but their constant their biggest fear is being trapped in a negative emotion. So they are constantly trying to seek experiences and environments that are joyful or exciting or um, completely avoiding um, that which is almost serious and heavy. So that was a very, very quick bird's eye view of all of our beautiful numbers and how that can already show you how that can relate to pageantry. Yeah. And Rebecca's very much like that when it, she, so with her being a three, she's very much like that. She's always just trying to do better than what she did yesterday. Mm. And now with her also, and Rebecca, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Rebecca cares definitely more people's opinions of her than say, like I do, I'm an eight. And so by learning more about the Enneagram, anytime someone would say to me, oh my gosh, like, I think they're like mad at me, like, and, or, or upset with me, or I don't think they like me. My first reaction was always, oh, who cares? Like, screw them. <laughs> and, so, but learning the Enneagram, I'm like, oh wait, actually, no, people do care. And I need to be nice about it. Yes. So I love that you brought that up because, um, I am a three, so I totally relate to that. Um, but I, so there's, and I always am cautious about sharing this, but I think it's important because in the Enneagram is not meant to be a behavior analysis. Um, there are parts of the Enneagram that you can kind of have an expression style, which is behavior. Um, but the true intention of the Enneagram is that internal journey, that internal self-awareness and those internal struggles. And so it's often very hard to under to type someone by behavior alone, because there's always going to be that bias. So with me, for example, but that doesn't mean like I'm in the heart triad as a three. And so Rebecca and I are in that, that care how we're seen heart triad. And that's our core type as the three. But we also, just because we're in the feeling triad doesn't mean that we don't act and we don't think. And so I always like to explore with my clients, their tri-type, which are, is the expression in each triad. So for me, my dominant expression is actually the eight. So my action style is an eight. And so therefore people often mistype me as an eight because of that. But my core type and my feeling type is definitely a three. And then I have a seven processing style. And that's why I like starting with the triads because it helps you understand which triad you're playing in. And so being that I'm always so like I admire eight so much, especially a confident, healthy, integrated eight, because exactly what you said, both threes and eights are natural leaders. And it is such a sexiness because they just, they'd have all the confidence and all the leadership without that pesky seeking external validation drama that both Rebecca and I have to deal with. <laughs> um, I'm the same way. I tell Kristen probably at least once a week, can you just give me some of your eightness? like in a certain situation, because I want to be able to just say what it, whatever it is she tells, like, she's like, this is what I would have said. And I'm like, could you just give me a little bit of that? Because I could never just react that way naturally. That's just so not how I handle things. And, but at the same time, that's just not how I'm built. That's just not how my brain works. And I, I'm always trying to be a healthier version of my threeness, but I do care about that pleasing part, just like you, you were saying, like, you're always trying to work on being the healthiest version of you. And 
I want to care less about other people's thoughts about me, but right now I'm not there a hundred percent. And I still care that I, people like me and people accept me and people value me. And that's beautiful that you have that self-awareness and oh, so important. And part of each one of us has a growth path. And I think that And pageantry helps with that in a lot of ways because we get opportunities to practice. And for the three, for the twos, I mean, I'll start with the eights because it's fun to pick on the eight. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it is. I feel always misunderstood being an eight as a woman also. Like, I feel like that's always something that I struggle with because I'll like really care and people will feel like, no, like they can be mean to me because of my eightness maybe. And that's just it. That's why I wanted to pick on you first, because the eights are so when you understand the heart of the eight is that their biggest fear is being vulnerable. And so if an eight trusts you to show their softness, because eights, I always visualize my beautiful eights as they have the biggest hearts on the entire Enneagram, in my opinion. They just care about people fiercely and they protect their people fiercely. So I see them as this teddy bear with armor on and armor on that they had to put on usually way too early. And it's one that when you understand that, that, that and we I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because again I could talk about the Enneagram for days um and maybe weeks at this point like the childhood wound behind that is a lot of them had to grow up way too fast right and so but their growth path is embracing that vulnerability and being soft and because their growth path is to the two which is realizing okay it's okay to be vulnerable and to connect with people and there's actually a beautiful strength and I'm actually have more control in that scenario because I'm showing my authentic stuff and I don't have to carry the weight of the armor Um, but yeah it is because and I think this goes for the threes too. I think the eights and the threes can relate on this a lot is because the eights are so fierce and the threes are always put together. They're often the people that no one thinks to check on and no one thinks needs help. I think the twos can, re- I guess all the types can relate to this in a certain way um, of because they're always the ones that seem so put together, especially the eights, threes, and potentially the twos. Um, it's, you don't think to check on them and you don't think, you don't think to give them that space because you think they don't need it. And so it's always really, really empowering when you find that person that you can be vulnerable with. Yeah. My Chris Jenner, Rebecca, she had to, she had to pull all that stuff out of me for pageantry and, it, but it helped then. So then I'm like, no, it's, I can like talk about certain things and it doesn't have to make me feel weak. And I think a good pageant coach and just in practice, practicing for a pageant and then putting it into action is such a great thing to do, or at least it has been for me. I love that you shared that because I think for eights in pageantry specifically is they've they use, if they have something like traumatic that happened, that's part of their story and part of why they do a lot. That's part of their platform. When they are in a place of pageantry and being interviewed, they can feel exposed and then they can, it usually leads to them almost, and I'm not projecting on this. I've just seen this with other eight clients is then they break down and then they're emotional and then they don't have emotional control. And so then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm vulnerable. And it's the spiral. But when an eight is able to own that vulnerability, 
responsibility and to own that part of their story, they can gain that emotional control and use it for their heart of fighting for other people, which is the true heart of the aid is they are fiercely protective of others and incredible fighters. And so when they're able to own their story and be in a emotional controlled place of vulnerability, it's so empowering. And they are one of the fierce, fiercest leaders that you are excited to follow. I really wanted to know just a little bit, Sloan, about how you have taken your knowledge about your own Enneagram type and your own journey through this, through your pageant journey. You've been to nationals twice. How has your knowledge helped you be so successful? I love it. And I love that you brought up the three and how like pageantry is made for the three. Um, It's honestly our worst and best environment. If you're an unhealthy three and you're seeking that external validation, uh, it can be terrible for our mental and emotional health because it is so like, especially at a national level, you're competing against the best of the best and there's only one crown. And so it can, if, if your whole why is to, and your whole worth is tied up in that title and winning the crown, it can be very gentlemanal. But the growth path of the three is really owning the bigger why and falling in love with the process and releasing the outcome. So for, and releasing your reputation, which is very, very hard for all of the heart triad. And so for me and my own journey, I had competed, I competed in another system previously and, um, Um, was really naive and like the best way I think when it came to it and I because of that naiveness I didn't get caught up in the pressure that I put on myself and so I did really well I got top five and then I took a break for a minute I moved to Tennessee and wanted to be part of the America system and what and I walked into Mrs. Tennessee America weekend like it was the state pageant the most confident the most whole the most at peace, like that true authentic confidence of that balance of humility and wholeness and just owning who I was. And it was unshakable. And then I won Mrs. Tennessee America and went to nationals and put so much pressure on myself to the point that my lid got tighter and tighter. And so I think for Every the most beneficial thing you can know in pa- in any enneagram um, journey, but especially in pageantry, is being able to identify your triggers. And I my triggers were like up and high. Like, and when a three is under stress, we go into the low side of nine, which is withdrawing. And I was just trying to carry my sister queens. I was trying to just take care of everyone. I was just trying to be perfect in every single moment and be my best in every single moment. And I put so much pressure on myself. There's pictures of me from my Mrs. America experience and what other people see is just, oh, that's a beautiful picture. What I see is this, this girl that literally, this woman who's literally has the weight of the world on her shoulders. And I see it in my eyes and I just look at those photos and I'm like, oh, I love you for that. Like you survived that. And then when I got off the stage at Mrs. America, I remember thinking to myself, that can't be it that can't be the last time I compete. And through a series of crazy circumstances that, I mean, answered prayers, how all of that worked out. Like the the circumstances that had to happen to give me a second chance are really, really just so random. And I was just so blessed by it all. And so when, when all of those came into the 
the pieces came into alignment and I was offered the opportunity to go back as Mrs. Tennessee American and be appointed in that title, I was like, absolutely. Like, this is the second chance I was praying for. And I made a commitment to myself to say, I am not tied to the outcome. Like my worth is not tied by what everyone thinks about me, what everyone is saying about me, whatever, what, whatever is being posted, my whatever drama is happening behind the scenes. Like that is not where my value is tied. My value is me showing up as authentic and true to myself as I could ever be. And that's how I had the best time. I made some of the best. My focus was just to connect and to, to be me. And I got to do that. And I actually performed better. At Mrs. America, I got to at 15, and I want to say barely, to be honest with you. And then I got to, I placed top six at Mrs. America, and I really, really give credit to me just being my truest, most authentic self. I relate to this experience so much between, I haven't gone to Vegas twice, but from going to Mrs. America and my experience at Mrs. International, I did the exact same thing as you. At, at state, I could not have been more at peace with myself, with who I was, just competed 100% Rebecca, whole, confident me. And then at nationals, completely just took on way too much pressure internally. No one else was putting that pressure on me. I did it to myself as a three. You know, I put everyone else's weight on myself. And that's 100% on me. That was, no one was asking me to do that. That's the thing about being a three that I recognize is I can choose to do that or not. And I chose to do that at that moment. And I now have the maturity to say, I'm going to draw that boundary and I'm not going to take on your burden. Like I, I can draw that line here. You're, you're someone I just met yesterday. I don't have to take the weight of your issue on today. I can choose to draw that line. Whereas when I went to international, I just went and I had the best time of my life. I won my state title. I went to international and I truly, like I was getting messages for weeks after about you were glowing in your pictures, which relates so much. I feel like to your platform, like I truly was just experiencing it. I was in the moment. I didn't, I didn't really, yes, I wanted to win but I didn't really care at the end of the day if I did or didn't. I, it, was, I, it wasn't in my hands. It was truly in God's hands, I felt like. And so I couldn't change anything at that time. I was just going to go out there and do the best I could do. I wasn't going to try. I was just going to let it happen the way it was supposed to happen. And I don't regret anything about my international experience. Whereas if I could go back and redo my Mrs. America week, I would go back and redo that 100 times over. And I really like I, I posted a picture of me at Mrs. America Week and me at Mrs. American Week. And there you're right. There's just a different sparkle. There's a different glow. And I think all of us know that like we all are competitive when we all want to win, but I think it's where we tie our worth. And I was just like it was crazy at like at America. 
to your point, the, we we have a ten, the all of especially the twos and threes, and I'm a wing too, so I have a little bit of both. There is that almost, and I mean this respectfully, like this martyr tendency where we're meant to fix it, we're meant to save the day, we're meant to jump in and be the hero, and it's it's you're right, it's a choice that we make, and it's sometimes saying like, hey, not my circus, not my monkeys, or not my fight, or this is a distraction from my purpose. That is one of the most empowering things that we can ever do. And just thinking about that, I actually, I think it comes back to those boundaries that I spoke about earlier. And I feel like so much of our generation weren't taught boundaries or how to do them in a way where we could set those boundaries in a loving way. Because I see, I think one thing pageant girls all have is this heart of service and part of connection. And so boundaries can be very difficult for us because we desire that and we want to help and we want to show up. And so sometimes being able to say like, this is my boundary and this is how I'm gonna implement it with love is one of the most valuable skill sets we can develop. Do you think me as an eight and Rebecca as a three will work well long-term as (laughs) co-host? So I have to tell you a funny story. So in a couple years ago, um, almost half a decade at this point, um, I was part of an organization and it was kind of like a networking group and we were founding it. So it was me and four other leaders in the community. And it was kind of like a spin off like a BNI um, where it's like industry specific and like all these rules. And it's just, it was a spin off of that, but we literally called it rogue. Like we were going rogue and it stood for like, referrals, opportunity, growth, unity, and entrepreneurship, right? So you already know the vibe, very business. And here we have, and the other three were like very different types, but one was an eight and here I am as a three. And the other three people on our board were freaking out. They were like, because we are now assigning roles. And it was like, oh my goodness, like here we are, these two fierce female leaders, like, how is this going to work out? And me and my girlfriend just laughed because we, we knew each other so well. It was always understood that I would be the president as the three. I like being the hostess. I like leading meetings. I like welcoming people. I, I like all of that, but I hate conflict. And the eight, she loved control, right? I wanted the leadership, but I didn't want to deal with conflict and I didn't want to deal with negativity and I didn't want to deal with the drama of it where she loved that. She loved the control and being the, where the power was, was in membership and conflict resolution. So it was without a doubt that I would be the president and the hostess with the mostest and welcoming new members and introducing everyone and kind of leading the meetings and the agenda and the vision. And she handled who got in, what happens if there was conflict between members, if someone missed a payment, like all the power was in her role. And so for us, based on what our motivations were for being there, it worked out really, really well. And then I'm on a current leadership panel currently where I work with another fierce eight and we do incredibly well. So I think with each other, it's vital to understand each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses. So for our beautiful three, our eight has to remember that she's going to need that little, like even a tech message of like, hey, you did really, really great today, or a little bit of that encouragement. And I don't know your love language, but I'm assuming it's words of affirmation. So just even like a little like text of like, hey, I'm super proud of you, or you did great handling that interview is super important to our
or three, where A is also going to need that encouragement in that same way, just not in the same way. The eight needs to be seen and needs to feel like, okay, when they are being vulnerable, that it's a safe place to do it. And so, and that it's okay to be soft and that you're constantly going to be there to have her back when that happens. And then the eight is totally fine letting go of control. The eight doesn't have to be in control of every moment as long as the process feels it's being under control. Like the eights don't have to be in charge as long. I always say eights can be the leader if they're head of the board table or they're dumping the trash out. Like the eight already knows they're in charge. So they don't have to be the show pony, if you will, um, be, or the get the title because they know they're in charge as long as it's being handled. So the way to support mm -hmm. the eight is to allow them is that effective communication and to be able to say like, hey, this is what's happening. And then for the three, it's giving them those opportunities to have that recognition and to shine. Well, we're about a year in. And so far, that is exactly how this podcast has worked. So you've nailed it on the head, Sloan. <laughs> it's like I've done this before. <laughs> I know. Well, and I love so much that you just said that the eights do not have to be in charge, but they will take control if things start to go out of control. Like they can do either one because sometimes my husband will be like, oh my gosh, you just want to like be in charge of things. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I don't care as long as like the leader of whatever we're doing is doing a good job. But the second things go rogue, I just have this urge to be like, I'm taking the bull by the horns. We're doing this. We're doing that. Like I'm taking over. Exactly. But I was like, only if it's like going rogue. Yeah, exactly. I have my girlfriend in the panel I'm on now. So we're on it with, so I'm a three, she's an eight, but we're on it with like a seven and we were on it for a while. Oh, it's a, and then we were on it with a couple twos and they just don't, they just want to help, you know, and they just want to have a good time. And her and I are like, mm, communication is necessary. And so, so it's so funny, like when, like we have to schedule things and like, we all rotate that responsibility. And it's so funny, like as soon as like, it's not met, like it'll, our meetings are on Wednesday. And as soon as like, everything's not set up by like Monday. Well, if it's not done, sure enough, we'll get the text messages. Hey, is this going to be handled? Hey, is this going to be taken care of? Where are we on this? You know, and I always laugh and I'm like, and the, the two got really her feelings hurt and reached out to me and was like, oh my goodness, I just think that she hates me and that she's really mad at me. And I was like, no, she just wants you to handle your stuff and communicate if you're not, if you're going to be late on something. So just over communicate and she'll be fine. And so she started doing that and sure enough, like no issues. Okay. You got it. <laughs> Everyone I'm sure in Padre land is already wondering, are you hanging up your heels? I never say the word retire or taking a break or are you thinking pageants in the future? What's, what's next for you? Well, I know better than to say never, right? Uh, I actually was, there was apparently a rumor because the Tennessee Americans, like the Americans across the um, nation could actually compete this year again. They were, they right. made it, they made that rule. And so when that got announced, the amount of rumors that spread that I was competing again went rapid fire. It was hilarious. Oh gosh. I was, I got, I got messages from other directors asking me if I was competing at state, like it, it went crazy. And I was like, y'all, I, I think my focus this year is 
the next Queens. I'm ready to pass the crown. I cannot be Mrs. Tennessee for a third year in a row. Like people are going to start to scratch their head. Like, okay, hun. And I'm ready to love on the next contestants and the next queen. And our pageant is just a few weeks away. And I'm just so excited. Our contestants are phenomenal. I'm just really excited to support them. Um, but as far as my pageant journey, I think that's where my heart is right now. Uh, I don't have anything on my radar that I'm going to compete. I don't, I, I haven't even thought of it, to be honest with you. Again, I say never say never because you never know how my heart may shift um, if exactly. the right opportunity presents itself. But I'm really in just the season of one, the glow movement, um, continuing for my cl clients outside of pageantry, the podcast, and then of course my pageant clients to just be able to pour into them without the distractions of my own pageant journey. Yeah, I think that you'll find a lot of growth in the pause. I think there's such benefits to taking not, it's not ever really time off because you're always growing and learning when you're not competing. I don't think it's really time off. It's just, you're taking a time away. You know, it's, you're on pause and Bravo speak <laughs> where you're, you're just not on, you're just not on camera, but you're, you're still always learning and growing. And if you ever decide to get back on stage, you're going to be ready. You'll, you'll just be a better version of you because that's the way we are as threes. It's, it's the heart agreed like that. Ironically, the glow movement was originally the glow getter project um, because it was just my singular journey. And as the more I shared my journey, the more people wanted to get involved. And then being the three that I am, I went on to get not one Enneagram certification, but three, um, and then went on to get several, like I did Cornell's three leadership programs, apparently threes like doing things and threes. So there you go. Um, and then of course, went on to get my master certification in coaching. And it's just like all of that was that's this is experience. And so when I got to be coach, I was realized how singular getter was. And so and it became very like overused. I feel glow getter became very overused and trendy in 2018. Um, and so I wanted to get away from that because it became more of a community and more of the effort of me getting to share my own experience, but also empower others on their journey. Um, and then project for a project to be successful. It has to have a beginning, a middle and an end. And it has to have tangible results. And we all know personal development is not always tangible. We don't always get to feel it, see it, touch it. Like it's, it's, it's felt and you know that you've grown and you have, you feel different and you, you feel like a better per and a, a more confident person, but it's hard to measure that. And so that's why we got away from it and actually called it the glow movement because it is an ongoing journey. And while I do think that we grow on and off the stage, there is something about that stage. And I think we all, I just, I wish everyone could experience it. It because it's so much, it's such an empower, it's a vulnerable yet empowering experience. And to sign up to be judged is so freeing. It can be terrifying and freeing. And it really, really shines a light on everything wonderful about you and all the opportunities for growth. Okay, Sloan. So we do this thing where I just ask you random questions and I just go down the list really quick and then just answer kind of your first thought. This is, I'm going to be asking you different roles of people or different behaviors that may happen in pageantry and your knee-jerk reaction, as long as everybody's healthy, what number would you think would most likely either fit the role or happen to? 
Okay. And I'm just going to put, I love this. This sounds fun. And I'm, but I'm going to put a little disclaimer that this is completely for fun and yes. also stereotypes. And so these are based a lot on behaviors and these are trendy and fun. And this is not like each type can look differently, have different motivations behind it, but this is all from love and all for fun. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. What number is going to be your director? Eights, not twos, necessarily your director, a, in general, the pageant director. Yes, eights, twos, and threes. Okay, a national title holder. Mm, uh, twos, oh, all of them, honestly, but I would probably say twos and nines and probably sevens because they look like they have the most fun on stage. <laughs> Someone that's going to make a drastic change to something right before the pageant starts, whether it's their onstage gown their hair. They're doing something drastic. My sevens, man. I got to watch them with them die. <laughs> that hair die. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would come back with what people would call a revenge body? Ooh, fives or eights. Who's going to be the best coach? Oh, um, honestly, threes, um, a healthy three, because they're able to see they have the emotion, if they're in touch with their emotions and they can be vulnerable and connect with them, but they're also the best encouragers and they can see, they want to be the best version of themselves and they want to help you do the same. Who's going to be a gown designer? Fours, sevens, but probably our fours most likely. Okay. Your best stage manager. Ooh, ones, definitely want a one and a six. A one and a six is who I want running my stage. Okay. And last one, the best pageant judge. I want all of them. And I think that every panel should have every single judge because part of being a true queen is to be able to relate to all types of people. And so if I was organizing a panel, there would be influences from every triad, every type, because I want to make sure that my title holder is uh, serves all types of people. So every single one, but as far as like the most organized, the most on top of it, it's going to be our one, our ones or our threes. <laughs> Wouldn't that I be awesome it. to have a nine-person panel? Oh, it yeah. might get messy, but it would be fun. <laughs> it, it would be intense, but it would be very fun. Because you'd have one judge that was all about the facts, right? Like our fives mm -hmm. would be like, give me the numbers, give me the facts. I don't care what you're going to do. Tell me what you've done, right? And yes. then we have our eights going like, well, but why does this matter? Like, what's your purpose? Like, why why do you care about that? Like, I great, but why did you do this? And then our and then the six like, who needs like all the backup plans. Well, what if you can't do that? Yeah. Well, what if that, what if your plan doesn't work? What if your title holder plan doesn't come into fruition? What's your backup? And our seven is like, but, but are you having fun? Are you enjoying uh -huh. this? Like, how are you? And then the fun? four, what are you doing for is, fun? the four just cares about the fashion in, in general, you know, they're there for like the uniqueness. Like, how are you different? Yeah. <laughs> I love or, it. It's or so what are fun. you going to do for like, what, how are you going to serve me? Like, how does this benefit? Mm -hmm. Like what, how does your platform protect like benefit? And I don't mean that from like, like an event benefit the individual, not just society right. as a whole. Like <laughs> me specifically. How, how am I going to benefit from you caring about animals? Yeah, you and know, then the or, nine is like going to care about your balance. Like, are you taking care of yourself? Have you drinking? Have you had enough water? Like, are you finding peace? Are you resting? <laughs> <laughs> Justice for all from the one. <laughs> oh, our one's just going to be like, okay, so you've thought about this plan. Have you thought about this plan? And I really think that you've thought about plan A, one through 10, but have you thought about one A through Z? And then we need to make yes. sure that we have support and resources for all of this. And do you have a support team in place? And they're just going to have all the details that you didn't even think about. <laughs> this is so fun. 
I love it. I, I want to be involved in your Padrian panel. Love it. Done. <laughs> well, okay, Sloan, Sloan tell we everyone a... how we can follow. Oh, wait, I want to make sure you, you tell everyone how we can follow you first and then we'll do Chris's question. Oh, okay. I thought oh, you were perfect. skipping it. Y'all are amazing. I love it. So yes, you can follow me personally. I have a little bit more fun on my personal page. It is on Instagram. It is Sloan, S-L-O-A-N underscore read, R-E-I-D. And then of course, all of my pageant service, my Enneagram coaching services and all of my Enneagram fun and my self-awareness is glowmovement.com. That is G-L-O-W-M-V-M-T. And that is also my social handles. Okay. Now. Let's do Chris's question, intro it. Okay, so Rebecca is known by um, Chris Jenner, by her clients, because we just think she's like the momager, but she's she can be tough when you're her client. She's going to tell you how it is if she wants, because she wants you to win. So every week we do a Chris's question where it would be a standard or maybe not so standard pageant interview question to give people a chance to maybe practice for the week. And caveat to that, I don't want you to win. I want you to be your best. Oh, maybe I just want to win. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this week, the question of the week is, you had to be a national title holder and you were not allowed to use social media. How would you make an impact? Oh, well, luckily my platform makes that very, very easy since I get to work with women wherever I am. And I, I'm a big advocate that your mission should be served in every vehicle and every role that you have. And so I've had the opportunity to go into like Girls Inc. and other organizations. I serve in the Junior League and Women's Leadership Institute. And so really empowering women is my heart behind my platform. And I get to do that whether I'm in yoga or in the grocery store or speaking on stage. And I think what's great about women is they are word of mouth and a great referral. And so by pouring into one woman, the ripple effect of that can literally change the world. And so it's about focusing on the woman in front of you and making sure that she seems seen, that she feels seen and knows her worth. Great job. I got, I got sweaty. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Sloan, for coming on to the pageant buzz. I'm super excited for this episode. I could have talked to you all day, so you might have to come back on to talk about some other stuff. Deal. And if your audience, I know you have an amazing engaged audience that absolutely loves you. They think your sisters, I'm part of that engaged audience that loves you and think like, I totally didn't realize that I hadn't met one of you in person because I was like, oh no, you guys are in the car with me all the time. We're just chatting. So <laughs> if they have any questions or anything, you, I would love to answer them. So you just let me know. Awesome. Well, you can follow us at Pageant Buzz Pod on Instagram. And as Rebecca always says, don't forget to sparkle. Follow us on Instagram at Pageant Buzz Pod for all things Pageant Buzz.